uh, what does dog say before the breakfast? Bon appetit. Bon appetit. Bon appetit, I think it's a dog bone <laughs> joke. Bon appetit. Eggs and waffles. Coming up. Johnny works with Ivan to arrange a continental breakfast at the motel, and David considers a new business venture in the recently vacated general store. Meanwhile, it's back to school season for Alexis, but will she manage to fit in with her new high school classmates? Welcome back to Shitlist as we dive into season three, episode seven, General Store. Hello and welcome back everybody to Shitlist. Hi friends. We're back Hello. for another week. How is everybody doing? Steph, did you have a good weekend? Um, I did. Week? It was actually Susha and I's week. anniversary last weekend <gasps> when Cute. our last episode arrived. Um we did like a little day trip the day before. We went um, kind of close to the Ohio-West Virginia border where there's like some mountainous regions and nice. good like hiking places. And Sushant's also been itching to see Amish country for whatever oh. reason. <laughs> Maybe like, okay. you know, have a turkey dinner <laughs> with the family, stay for a few you days. You any butter while you were out uh, there? <laughs> and so we, we saw some of that, but we wanted to go to this restaurant that was super busy and like they had great reviews online and we got there and of course it's cash only like we're idiots like what are place? we thinking yeah because it's an Amish yeah place. yeah and we just look at each other like we didn't bring any money so we didn't get to go there but um good thing you didn't order because i'm assuming it was posted they had probably. a big sign on the door so like yeah. we <laughs> saw that and turned around and went back and we're like okay, <laughs> we'll have to be for next you have been washing dishes or turning butter with Miriam if you uh, had eaten and ordered <laughs> to pay off our dues yeah it's hilarious um but yeah speaking of that, that we used to go to Shipshawana and like they had a restaurant that was famous around there I that was drove an through there type. um last time I was coming back from Michigan earlier this summer. oh did you I actually stopped and like uh checked out a few Lots shops of market goods yeah saw a couple things and it's definitely like an Amish Amish mm-hmm. tourist trap, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everyone's like getting their horse and buggy rides in, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's an interesting little place. Well, good. Sounds like you've got uh, fun. Yeah. How was your week? You went well, golfing last weekend. We went to the golf uh, weekend getaway with a friend. It was a friend's 40th birthday. We went to the Manistee National Golf Resort. Um, they have two beautiful courses. And we golfed one on Saturday and one on Sunday. It's 18 holes each. That's very far beyond my realm of golf tolerance. And I was kind of nervous going into it, but I did okay on the first day. I made it to like hole 13 before I started getting like, okay, I'm I'm really Mm kind of over this. I'm just going to drive the cart for Um, a while. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm getting sick of it this day. The next day we were playing the harder course and I was doing like really well the first eight holes. And then I just started having meltdown on nine. And I think it was like a couple holes later. Michelle's like, I think Katie's done. I'm like, yep. Made it 27 more holes than I thought I would. So, That's pretty but good. we had fun and I obviously coincided really well with our golf episode last week. It did. Perfect. Uh, did you see Joe's good golf shot? That I, I saw I his good golf shot. Yeah. <laughs> And he did the little pose for me at the end and everything. Mm-hmm. So I had to do a pre-warning to that. I'm I'm like, okay, guys, don't swear after this shot because I'm putting it on the gram. <laughs> Not that it matters, but yeah. but some of the words coming out of Joe's mouth were questionable as as is usual for golf. Yeah. So well, um, fun. 
speaking of golf, we had some good golf stories on our polls. A okay. couple just quick ones from your fan. Mama P got a hole in one. She did. At, at a place called Evergreen. She said yeah. it's closed. It's so. a small, it was a small executive course. So it was like a par three. Uh, so it's a smaller, nice. quicker course to play. And she got a hole in one once with my brother. And uh, it was like the end of the day and the clubhouse was closed. And she, when they finished, she like it was closed. So she couldn't go report her hole in one to them. Like she could have come back the next day because they'll put your name like on the on the on a board on the or wall something? or whatever. Yeah. Wow. But she did really cute. She framed the ball and the scorecard and shadow box. And she has it. Oh, on the <laughs> that's fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, I got it on the green a couple of times, but yeah. I'm a terrible putter. Never yeah. got a, I was getting pars, but. It sounds like our audience isn't the biggest golf. Uh, I saw community. that. <laughs> the majority answer was no, followed no. by does putt-putt count. Yeah, so. putt-putt is easier. Yeah. Did you see Jenny's story about the, the golf cart taking off on her husband? <laughs> so I know. Is there alcohol involved? <laughs> I don't know. My cousin Jenny chimed in. She um, had an incident. It's like now lives in infamy in their family where they were golfing somewhere that was like super hilly and basically ended up with a runaway golf cart and like her husband fell out of the cart as it was going downhill. And then they're like chasing this runaway golf cart and it ended up hitting a tree. And uh, same thing as my mom, it was like the end of the day. So the clubhouse is closed. So they just had to return this busted up damage, speed it up golf cart. And I think she said they just sent an email to the golf course and like explained what happened and they only charged them like half of the repair fee instead of the re- wow. full repair fee because they had told them what happened or whatever. But I mean, alcohol involved uh, golf carts can be dangerous, but yeah, it sounds like that was just a product of <laughs> well, geography. One of, <laughs> one of my favorite moments in the office is, I don't know if you remember, there's a golfing episode like in the middle of the series. I don't know if it's like season four or something where they mm. go out on the course to try to do business. And Andy is like a terrible golfer, just like bad golf manners and bad at golf. And he tries to race the next hole in his golf cart and he drives over a hill and into a sand trap and the whole golf cart just completely disassembles. I do remember that. It's one of my favorite scenes. Oh, too funny. <laughs> but, uh, uh, the other, the putt-putt story, there was one putt-putt story. Someone, well, a listener chimed in, chimed in and said, they got a hole in one on putt putt when they sneezed as they were hitting the ball. Oh, <laughs> so like that's good fortune. Yeah, that is good luck. What other um, polls that we had? American Idol polls. Yeah, well, gap year too. No one took a gap year, so no stories to go with that. But then we added our American Idol poll. Our our fan base was thirty three and a third percent split on. Yes, they were an American Idol fan. No, they were not. Or yes, they were an obsessed fan that went to the so concerts that means and everything. Two, that means two thirds of our audience are American Idol fans. Is, yes, some capacity. Yeah. To some capacity. Present and or we, former fans. We did get an, a message from Tiffany with that Clay Aiken onesie for her baby. She tried to force her baby to be a Clay Aiken fan. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to try and find a Clay Aiken song to pull up on here and I totally forgot. Yeah, so uh, well, that's best good, less than the archives, I think. <laughs> some good stories this week. Thanks everybody for chiming in. Uh, quick, uh, any any social news in the world of Shit's yep. Creek? Quick news. I know you saw this. Dan Levy launched his very own production company. Yes. It's called Not a Real Company, which you'll notice in the credits of Shit's Creek. Sometimes I've seen it before, Mm -hmm. but I guess now it's more official. And he named a president who was also a publicist that ran their Emmy campaign campaign campaign. (laughs) 
<laughs> so Which that was, was a very successful, successful campaign. Obviously, yeah. yeah. They all won. So they're working on a few things. Um, he's got a writing deal for Netflix going on for a movie that he'll write and also dr- I think he's directing and starring in. I don't know how much is out about that. Mm-hmm. More close to release is The Big Brunch, which is a project of his that's coming out later this year. And I think he like, I think on that he looks for chefs or restaurants that need a break or something like that. Okay. And then come up with like an eclectic brunch menu. I don't know the complete details on that. Mm-hmm. That's going to be on HBO Max. It's supposed to come out later this year. And apparently they're also working on an adult animated series as well. I think like Ooh. The Simpsons or Family Guy or Rick and Morty is wow. another famous one. So maybe this will be like an iconic. That's exciting. Sitcom. Yeah. Not a real company um, is the name of the company. Yep. And then the last but not least, Noah Reed, who we have yet to meet in the series, was starring in The Minutes. And that's wrapping up this week on Broadway. But we did not ever talk about the Tony Awards. It did get nominated for a Tony back on June 12th. The Tonys were it didn't okay. win, but it was nominated for best play. I have seen a lot of people in the Facebook fan groups going to see the minutes and then mm-hmm. waiting outside the stage door afterwards and getting a lot of pictures and like yeah. selfies with Noah Reed. So that's, that's kind of cool. a fun one. Yeah. But that's well, it. That's all the news I have. Uh, spoiler alert. Our introduction to Noah Reed's character is not that far into the future so Coming up next week stay tuned folks yeah it is mm-hmm. next week so you won't want to miss it because we've been talking about him a lot <laughs> I feel yeah like. i know ever since season we're three just came excited out, for him like, we're just excited you guys just, you'll understand he comes, why. he comes on the scene and he sticks yeah. around so yeah. like That's, it's just yeah. fun we'll, we'll we'll get there next you'll week. meet him you you'll see it off yeah <laughs> uh well tonight we are focusing on the general store which we really haven't seen much of. Uh, yeah, ever since. Show. We we saw when they went there for enchiladas, the, uh, the ingredients for enchiladas. Oh, for folding the cheese, yes. Um, And then David and Stevie went there to get cheap wine back in season one. I think those are like the only two times we've seen. Yeah, I was trying to think of the last time they, uh, they've actually been in the store and it's been a while. Yeah. Do but- you think this store is like, akin to like dollar general or something like that but like a local smaller scale so in grand haven where i grew up and my family still lives there is a there's a couple stores that remind me of the general store okay um one is called fortino's it's technically more like a candy shop but they also sell like wine and cheese and cigarettes and just random goods random goods but it's like 100 years old it's Okay. Older than it's been around for a long time. And then there's also a corner store. It's like a newsstand kind of place. To me, that's more like the general store. Again, I think sometimes small towns can really hold on to those historic buildings because mm-hmm. of the historic factor. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's even more like random than a dollar tree or a dollar general. Right. And things might be overpriced as a result. Cause where else I'm sure. That's small town life as it is. But <laughs> exactly. before we get to the general store, we're starting somewhere else, are we not? We are. Yeah. We start the cold open at a new location we've heard kind of about secondhand. Uh, and that is the high school where Jocelyn works. Um, we've this- been here once before. Oh, we were when David had to go David uh, was. mentor that troubled teen. You're so you're right. right. I don't. Thanks like we have not, that. we've heard a lot of talk of Jocelyn working there, but yeah. we've not been here much. Or and I have to all. say, like, we see the full sign here that it's the Schitt's Creek High School, and 
I'm kind of impressed and surprised that they have their own high school because with some of these smaller towns, they're often like part of a larger district, like a neighboring town. Mm-hmm. Like, busted. I thought maybe they'd have to like get bus to Elmdale or something, you mm-hmm. know? So I'm kind of surprised. And also like, where do all these people live who send their kids here? I'm right. curious. <laughs> Spread throughout the Elm County, the yes. tree county. <laughs> Lots of farmers just sending their kids yep. on tractors every day, I'm guessing. But the family's park, family's car pulls up family <laughs> let me try that again uh the family's car pulls up everybody's inside and they're dropping alexis off for her first day of school and she's starting in the middle of the semester which like so nice is already like gotta be awkward katie i know you like grew up your whole life in bad X, so you probably never dealt with like starting at a new school or did you move around no. at all nope i never did so when i was Four, actually, actually was for sure when I was four because I just read my grandma's diary where we bought our, okay. our my house I grew up in and I was in the same school district the entire time. So my sisters, when they moved to that house, did have to switch schools. And I believe they were in 11th and 9th grade or something like that. Mm-hmm. I know my sister I know my oldest sister for sure has complained about that several times, like switching schools when she was almost done with high school. Mm. Oh, that would be. But I think I can't remember reading the diaries if it was a summer month or what. I think it was not in the middle of the year, at least Mm -hmm. it was over the summer, but still like imagine switching schools, even your junior or senior year. That sucks. You have all your friends and made for like 10 years. Yeah. So that would be hard. Um, We moved when I was going into fourth grade. So the summer between third and fourth grade, Mm -hmm. we moved. And so that was my only experience, like going to a new school district And luckily we moved in August. So when I was starting, it was at the beginning of the school year. Like you still don't know anybody and you have to like meet everyone. But it's less awkward than like, I remember when kids would show up who had just moved and like they have to be introduced to everybody. And it's like, and suddenly be caught up on everything. Like here's what we're on. Yeah, that feels. Don't know where you were at your old place, but tough luck. Jump in. So Alexis is definitely feeling the nerve. She's Uh, looking a little nervous and she's definitely embarrassed that the family drove her all the way up to the building. She's like, you could have dropped me off further away. Like she didn't want them. She didn't want them to embarrass her. Big old car too. (laughs) Right. It's hard not to notice them. Um, And David is in the backseat, just messing with her as he loves to do. Mm -hmm. This is an iconic moment in all of our lives that we should experience to the fullest. And Moira's saying genuinely that she's very proud of her. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Alexis, they made her look younger in this episode. Like she's always got that kind of youthful vibe, but something about like her hair or makeup, I, I don't know, like she looks more believable as a high schooler for some reason. Like even when we see her among the other students, something about. I I actually thought when I was just doing my watch back that they kind of, so like her look has kind of evolved and grown up even since season one and I felt like when I saw her that she kind of went backwards to like her original my I wouldn't be surprised if in her mind she's like let me kind of do a throwback to what I would wear when Mm -hmm. I was in high school you know because she's trying to like relive that experience or at least finish the experience that she never finished I guess the whole Um, um when Dan and Annie play this bickering sibling thing they're facial expressions and their back and forth is so believable every time Mm -hmm. especially Dan's facial expressions where he's like giving her the side eye and laughing at her with his eyes you know Mm -hmm. it cracks me up yeah um and Johnny asks if what she's wearing is 
dress code appropriate, which makes her nervous. And like, who wants to hear that on their first day too? From your dad too. From your dad, exactly. As you're Um, about to walk in. Like it's too late to do anything about it. Couldn't say anything before we left, Johnny. (laughs) Yeah. I remember dress codes. Like it's one of those things I don't really have to think about anymore, but you do kind of remember like, oh yeah, there were rules about like the thickness of your strap or no spaghetti straps, spaghetti straps, the length of your shorts or your skirts. Like they had to be past your fingertips. At least that was the rule when I was in school. Um, Most of the dress codes applied to women, quite honestly, uh, or girls. And nowadays, like, I don't know, I teach at a college. So like, we don't have dress codes. And I've even had students come up like the first day of class or week or whatever. And they're like, is it okay if I wear a hat in here? And I'm like, yeah, do whatever you want. Like, I don't care if you wear a hat. In college, even they're asking. Wow. Well, because they're used to it in high school. Like, I guess when I was in high school, you couldn't wear um, anything on your head. Um, I think there were like a few like religious exemptions, but yeah, it's like just something I don't really think about anymore. I, off, you know, there is like the workplace dress code, I suppose. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. Were you there when at my work when the one girl was there that would wear um like tight skirts and spaghetti straps? I feel I like you might have been gone. Okay. It was off the charts. It you when you work in an office setting, you never think that grown adult, you're going to have to have a wardrobe conversation with grown adults. And she was one that definitely just didn't get it. And I was like, how, how are you thinking this is appropriate for adult life? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I just, speaking of this randomly, I had a conversation today with a coworker who doesn't listen and like, we don't really work that close to each other. She just, we ran into each other today and she was complaining about some issues she's had with HR who kind of called her out on, we don't have like an official dress code, but I think there's like that unspoken workplace professionalism expectation, right? you know, but I guess they like called her out for not wearing a bra. And I'm like, that's super, first of all, uncomfortable, personal, personal. Yeah. But like, and she's not someone to be quite frank, who like, I didn't never notice if she wasn't like wearing a bra or not. Wants things like if or I wasn't wearing a bra or Katie, you were wearing a bra. <laughs> I think people would notice. I never. <laughs> but like, um, gravity has been kinder to that person. That's all I'm gonna oh, say. Oh God, good for her. So I was like, oh really? Like, if someone said that to me, first of all, I would be super bothered. Like, okay, clearly you're checking out my tits, but also, like, right. Uh, See, that's the thing late, even lately, there's this whole movement around tell my daughter what to wear. How about you tell your kid not to look at my daughter like a sex object? And I get that. But also personally, like, I don't want to see someone's vagina hanging out of their short skirt and I'm not looking at it from us. Do you know what I mean? It just depends on the circumstances. But to not wear a bra shit. I was just thinking who decided we all have to wear bras anyway, like well, a week ago, because this is some me, bullshit. She was like, well, can you show me where in the dress code it says you have to wear a bra? She's like, I don't see the Dean who is a male being told he has to wear a bra. So why should I wear a bra was what exactly her was. Yeah. Good. Good for her. Um, so I just thought that was interesting. Uh, Man, if I could get away with not wearing a bra, Stephanie, I think I could save <laughs> thousands of dollars in therapy. Like that's a what a great fucking perk literal perk <laughs> perky perk. Of a perk in my case <laughs> a perk how, or how refreshing would that be my god 
Anyway, um, we digress. I think, I think Alexis is cute. If he's calling out anything, maybe it's the length of her skirt, which most of them are short. I don't and think Alexis is wearing a bra for the record. She's got off the shoulder. What's she's holding got that off shit the up? Shoulder, that's true. But that's that's like her. That's her look. So yeah, to me, it didn't look no bra, out of the, no bra there. And those strapless yeah. things don't work anyway. But for those people were definitely real rules. I remember yeah. girls getting like we could not wear that flagged or like. I think on occasion, like someone might have been sent Pink home or slip or written yeah, up whatever. Or yeah, it was always girls too, unless I yeah, you had something. No, well, some, on your shirt. once in a while, when I was in like junior high, the baggy like down to your sh- down to your knees shorts thing was big for guys. They would get in okay. trouble for that. Oh really? No one wants to see your fucking boxers hanging out. You're oh, not a hood. You, hanging. You're so not low. a gangster hood. You go to bad acts. Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't under- understand how they don't fall down when they're that low. Me neither. Um, pants on the ground, pants on the ground, looking like a fool with your pants on the ground. Speaking of American Idol, you remember that, that guy? Like, <laughs> what Throwback. From the past. Yeah, that was that old guy who made up his own original Pants song. on the ground, pants on the ground, looking like a fool with your pants on the ground. Where are all my American Idol fans at? Yeah. <laughs> if you know, you know. Yep. Um, so anyways, <laughs> David, we're not through the opening scene. <laughs> we just started. This is gonna be a long okay. night. Buckle up, folks. Um, <laughs> David is just still pushing into this whole messing with her thing. Tells her, don't trust anyone on your, the first day who wants to be your friend. Um, <laughs> and Moira chimes in, don't let them push you around either. She doesn't want to relive the bullying nightmare that they experienced with David when he was young, apparently. Um, it wasn't that bad. And then David, as she's getting out of the door, gives her this very genuine smile. I think you're brave, is what he says. <laughs> <laughs> just really Johnny, just naive Johnny. Well, that's, that's very nice. nice. He doesn't no. pick up on the sarcasm at all. Literally everyone knew yeah. he was sarcastic except for Johnny. Because Moira even says his sarcasm is a defense mechanism from all the bullying. <laughs> and David, oh, my God. I love away. how I love how they just like turn the tables on him, though, from yeah. picking on Alexis to picking on him. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's our cold open. We got through it in what two hours? <laughs> <laughs> Twenty-two minutes. Um, so we're gonna stick with Alexis's story first. Uh, okay. She lucky, luckily enough, is in Jocelyn's class at least for the period that we see her in. And if you kind of look at the classroom, this is a very like antiquated vibe. It reminds me of my like elementary school experience in terms of like they still use a chalkboard, mm-hmm. which nowadays is all digital. Like there's no projectors. Oh, is or, it? Um, what was the thing where they? Yeah, it was called. A, was it a projector where it, like they could write on the thing and like? Do you know what I'm talking about? Where they would like have like the paper and the, your the clear laminated the sheet clear things. The, yeah. 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 They're not called projectors. They're called something else. But now it's all digital. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Well, uh, Jocelyn's still rocking a chalkboard, which the sound of chalk on a chalkboard just uh. me, like shivers down my spine. And there's like a reading list, something about a family history project that they're working on. And then Jocelyn introduces Alexis as a new student who will be there for the rest of the semester to finish her diploma. So clearly she did almost finish her right. high school if she only has this whole thing is so bizarre to me because when you're an adult and decide to go back to high school, you don't they don't actually let you go you back go to, to high school. school or you, you go get to like your GED. education. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe they didn't <laughs> have that so, option here. So far fetched, but I get it's a TV show. I get it. Back. 
yeah, put her back in the classroom, literally, with all the kids. And so she introduces her, whatever, and she gets a little bit of a round of applause, which Alexis really loves. So she stands loves up. Loves that. Love she that for her. starts to then, like, talk about herself. She's doing her little T-Rex hands as she's talking. Um, explains why she didn't finish high school and had to do um, <laughs> like a famous soccer player on a yacht with a ton of mushrooms. And then she wants everyone to go around the room and say, I think she says five things. Three about facts themselves. or something about yeah. themselves, which is my worst nightmare. No, thank you. No, thanks. I don't pull that <laughs> shit on the first day of school because no. I'm like, first of no. all, I'm not going to remember the things you said. So I'm not going to make you talk about yourself. We're just going to get to work here. Um, and then there's these two girls that we see who are looking at Alexis as she's going on. And I'm like, who is this bitch? And Alexis notices <laughs> that, they're, <laughs> that they're looking at her. Gossip girls. It's not what she's used to or expects. Um, so as she's rambling, Jocelyn cuts her off and is like, we need to get to work. If you want to talk, you know, talk, feel free to talk outside of class or whatever. And Alexis kind of sits down feeling a little embarrassed and like confused about what they were saying it just like her, um, insecure yeah yeah suddenly very insecure because she's usually this overconfident like beautiful likable everybody telling loves her you how girl. charming and pretty she is yes. yeah yeah and that's not the vibe she's getting from them so then we cut to the next day for alexis back in class and jocelyn's teaching about marie antoinette um which first of all i don't think i would trust <laughs> jocelyn teaching about jocelyn. world history for what a, you know like i just yeah. don't know but uh Alexis fact checks her during the story about saying, let, <laughs> let the meat cake. cake. <laughs> and she's like, that's actually not correct. She never said that. And I know this because Kristen Dunst, who played Marie Antoinette in the movie, told me it wasn't real. And also told me she was jealous of my bangs or something. And then she looks around the room as she says that last part, like looking for people to be like, oh, you're so cool. Or that's so awesome. <laughs> whatever. Do you know the whole thing about the let them eat cake? I don't. I have uh, sad to say that myth I myth. So, uh, I had to do about like her constituents or something, right? Yes. It's French not constituents people. when, <laughs> when, you're when the they're queen. not elected or whatever, <laughs> like um, her poor people that she yeah, ruled over it was or whatever. Like leading up to the French revolution and there was like uh, a food shortage and, um, I think specifically like bread or wheat or whatever. And the rumor was that she said, let them eat the French word translated more to brioche, like a brioche bun. Okay. But then like people just like over time, the English, it, like they said just... cake, but then there's also like historians who say that this is fake news or folklore misrepresentation. She didn't actually like say that it just kind of caught mm -hmm. on as a thing, like a representation of that period in time, but not that she actually said it. Did you see the Kirsten Dunst flick? Yeah, I did years ago. I, I never did. Mm -hmm. I never did. Kirsten um, Dunst is my celebrity doppelganger. You think? I don't think, but I worked at the movie theater when her mm -hmm. Spider-Man movie came out, like way back when, when I was in okay. college. And everyone that bought a freaking ticket for me was like, you kind of look like her. You look like her. <laughs> I used to look like her when I was youthful and skinny, okay. had a skinny face. I think it's, it's you, the dimple. I think you look like you probably don't know because you don't watch Game of Thrones, but I think you like Maisie Williams who played Arya Stark. Mm, I'll have to look her up. You'll have to look that up later. You guys let Katie know if she looks like Arya Stark. I or, or Kirsten and I, Dunst. Or Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, Kirsten. Uh, Susha Kirsten. and I are rewatching Game of Thrones, so that's why it's fresh. Yeah, I've right. never watched that one. I'll have to give it a whirl. What's her name? Um, I'm going to look her up right now. Maisie, M-A-S-I-E, Williams. Okay, well, 
I'll be the judge of that. Oh, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So we were talking about uh, <laughs> Alexis. <laughs> so and sorry, the girls. She's talking about how she knows Kirsten Dunst. And then she's going on and on. Poor Jocelyn trying to get back to the lesson. Have a class. <laughs> and she's just rolling off all these crazy stories like she normally does, not realizing that's not polite or allowed in a classroom. And just says, and my friends used to call me Marie because there was a period of time where I was dating Prince Harry and they were like, is she going to be a princess? And um, she notices as she's going on, just rambling, those girls again are now passing notes and looking at her like judgingly. Yeah. Uh, and this time Jocelyn catches the girls for passing notes. Do, do you remember ever passing notes when you were in class? Oh, yeah. Yeah. My friend Morgan and I got in a lot of trouble in eighth grade because we would not stop passing notes and chit-chatting in science class. We got our seats moved because of it. Oh, no. Bad. I was a bad junior high student. Well, we didn't have like cell phones, definitely not smartphones to like be texting Mm -hmm. or anything. So, yeah, we would have to. Not that that would be allowed. Is that even allowed in class anyway? That's harder to uh, to regulate, I think. Yeah. so Jocelyn has to try to bring it back to the lesson. She's like, Marie Antoinette also pa- passed a lot of secret notes and eventually was killed. <laughs> so that's her abbreviated history of the French Revolution. Lesson be told, to don't pass notes. Don't pass or notes. Or you will die. Or you will die. So then after school that day, uh, the girls are told to stay behind after school for detention or, or whatever. Um, and Alexis is... You know, the class is finishing up and Alexis goes up to the two girls who are passing notes and it's like, hey, we started out on the wrong foot. I know I can be like super intimidating, but you should know that I'm totally approachable. <laughs> and then um, I think it's like catching these girls off guard a little bit and ask to see the note and they show it to her. But just then Jocelyn walks in to or walks over to discipline these girls and um, Alexis in a surprising move decides to take the fall for the note and says mm-hmm. that she was the one who passed it to, she says the girl's names are Steph M and Becky. Steph. Steph M. Were um, you a note passer, Steph? I was, but I wasn't like ever caught and I didn't do it in a way that it was distracting. I think I was a okay. goody two sheets in school. Like I would, I don't know. It wasn't like pass them in the hall between class, not during hall, class. Or I think I did it more in elementary school probably. Yeah. Where we would like make the little cootie catcher thing too. Where You're right. I bet kids don't. I get bet kids don't even pass notes these days. Probably not. They don't know what how to a spell lost art. Yeah. What a lost art. Or write with their hands. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I don't think they do that anymore. So Alexis takes the fall for this note, and Jocelyn's like, "Well, let's see it." And she reads the note, and it says, "Alexis is too pretty, and everyone is talking about the dress." So gorge. And Jocelyn's looking at her like maybe a lesson in focusing less on yourselves. I appreciate your confidence, but like, let's focus more on the classwork, which I have to say, like, that's not what I thought the girls would be writing in the note. Me neither. She reads it out loud. Because why they look so suspicious and bitchy about it anyway. Everyone is talking about the dress. So gorge. Nobody Um, wrote notes to talk compliments. Let me just tell you that. People write notes to talk shit. Nobody was writing a nice note. No, I don't care who you are or what kinds of kids you think you raise. You think you raise. They're not Mm. writing nice notes. They're being total bees and talking shit about these other girls at school and their notes. 
And that's Fact Check Corner with Katie, everybody. Yes. <laughs> um, so gorgeous. Oh, my God. I just love this girl. So I wish I could gorge. tell her like, eh. no, no, that's not happening. <laughs> it's not happening. Um, so, yeah, sort of an icebreaker for Alexis and these two new girls who might be friends. And they invite her to lunch. Uh, the next day and she's like happy to accept it as she walks away we see that see that she has one of those <laughs> god awful wheelie suitcase backpack yes. things those are the absolute worst like oh, I feel like good. it's Louis Vuitton for sure you're and too she's good like to carry your bag but also then you know it's going to roll over how many people's feet in the classroom yep. as you're getting through like oh yeah damn it Alexis but damn it no. Alexis <laughs> like I think that was a good like we're seeing a lot of humbling experiences for Alexis. So uh, I think yeah. this was another one of them, but also a good step forward for her. Like she wants to finish her high school diploma or get her G- mm-hmm. GED. I mean, this was her choice. So. Yes. yes. And it's just fun to see her in a new environment. I think something that made her uncomfortable at first, but then she realizes like, Oh, I could, I could be friendly as girls. I could exactly. Which I mean, she going to really be friends with them outside of school? Probably not. But it's good to have someone to sit with at lunch. Well, see, I mean, she probably shouldn't be inviting them to any of her parties with alcohol. I would think that. Like She's probably going to buy them beer. <laughs> 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 buy them beer and bring them to like all Bad the underage influence. drinking parties. Yeah, it's yes. dangerous. Dangerous. Yes, for sure. Uh, so that wraps up Alexis's story. I think we're going to hop over to Johnny real quick and then we'll take our break. Okay. Um. So Johnny, we see him first at the cafe and he's at the food counter talking to Twilight. He's got his breakfast. And Ivan comes in, which Ivan, if you remember, is our um, – he was going to make bagels with Bob. and the Build the oven and uh, bake the bagels. He, make the, he works down at the quarry. He's got access to bricks. He was going to build this <laughs> oven. <laughs> that whole plan fell through last season. Um, but apparently he has been baking because he has a daily delivery of muffins for Twilight. And she's like, oh, thanks. They keep selling out. So he must be good at baking. He's and going after his dreams, Ivan is. He is, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Johnny notices because he comments on this new enterprise of his. And yeah, Ivan's like, it was always my dream to bake muffins. And to me, I'm like, do you think he really like took Johnny's bagel idea, which fell apart and just like ran with it and made it his own? Maybe. Maybe, maybe he's like, you know what? Like, I, I I'm not gonna wait around for him. I can just yeah, do it. Which good for him. I got the recipes. I got yeah, three ovens. Exactly. I'm good to go. He's good to go. You think um, he quit the quarry or you think he went down to part-time? Well, maybe he's like <laughs> slowly it's, phasing it's out. It's scary yeah. venturing out on your yeah, own business. Yeah, it is. As we'll find <laughs> out. Your day job. Um so Johnny mentions he's been thinking of adding a continental breakfast to the motel and maybe wants to do business with Ivan. So Johnny is quickly jumping from one potential business partner, mm. the golf course, to another. And when he makes a suggestion, Ivan just looks at him confused. He's like, I don't make breakfast. <laughs> and uh, Johnny's like, no, it's just continental breakfast, you know, coffee and pastries and I have instant. I don't make coffee. I, I make coffee, from, <laughs> but I only for myself, he says. Um, and... Johnny's like, no, I'm just interested in the muffins you're making, which Ivan's like, I only make them for Twyla, which makes me think, does he not have any other customers currently? And if that's the case, he has to, this can't be his full time. Right. If he's only it's not very lucrative. Twyla. Yeah. <laughs> and we can kind of see by the looks he's giving uh, Twyla that Ivan has a little bit of a crush on her. He can't keep her his eyes off her. He can't. He's like completely distracted talking to Johnny. And, and Twyla's listening in and kind of encourages him like, this would be a great, you know, you should expand your customer base and 
So because Twyla says that, Ivan's like, okay, well, you come by and I'll show you my kitchen. And he awkwardly kind of gets up and runs away. And Johnny's thinking to himself, he's like, this could be interesting, you know, exciting. And it could give us uh, an extra star to our rating, which Twyla asks, well, how many would that give you? And he just blandly says, one. One. (laughs) one." Um, So next we see Johnny at presumably Ivan's house or it's like a pole barn or like a I had completely forgot barn. about this whole scene yeah it's a good scene um, like before I watched it back I was like I cannot even remember Johnny going to his house or wherever yeah. this is. um I think this is the only time we ever see this space quite the quite the design he's it's got like a, a very mis- mix matched shop um there's three ovens all different types of old ovens lots of trinkets I some things I noticed um, there's a dartboard. There's like clothes piled up on the stairs because you can see from the outside. It's like a two story barn. Mm-hmm. I'm like, does he live upstairs and he bakes downstairs or is this just like his outdoor garage space? Like, who knows? Um, there's also like a the sailboat miniature on the wall. Which... Dolan stop sign. Did you happen to notice that? <laughs> I did see the stop sign. Yeah. <laughs> Presumably stolen. I mean, yes. So all sorts of goodies in there. Maybe that was the old one Alexis and Mutt took down when they were doing community service. Oh, maybe. And then it they ended up in the quarry. And uh, yeah, Ivan took it. Sure. Maybe they dumped it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Ivan's in his element and he's baking. He says it's a family tradition and he lists all these foods that they've. Uh, grown up making, but now he's trying to move on to some more like modern American foods, like as he says, the American style toaster popping tart, <laughs> which I <laughs> freaking hate pop tarts. I've never liked really? them. I don't see the appeal. Oh, no. My brothers would always have them like for breakfast in the car on the way to school or whatever. And I don't know, like the crust just always seems so dry, dry, and like. The, the frosting is rock hard, especially if you don't I, put it in the toaster, yeah, <laughs> which they I'd never see, would. I never do either. I just, I, I like Pop-Tarts. Okay. There are two flavors that I like. I like brown sugar cinnamon. That one does have a frosting on it. And I like strawberry without the frosting. Cause I'm not a big frosting person anyway, like mm-hmm. sweets, but I never toast mine either. I just, mm. I just break them into little pieces and eat them as I go. Okay. They're really good with orange juice. I don't buy them very often, but once in a while they're in the vending machine at work and I need a oh, snack. So interesting. Yeah, I've never been a huge what a, fan. What about toaster strudel? I the don't flaky like those either. Oh man. I you're a breakfast snob, aren't you? Yeah, like I wasn't a like I'm always <laughs> like a basic, like either if I'm being healthy, like eggs and maybe a little bowl fruit. of fruit or <clears throat> cereal like that was always sort of my simple go-to i mean i'm a cereal fiend don't get me started unless i'm going out to eat then i'm getting like waffles and french toast let's be honest i actually don't like going out for breakfast because i always feel like it's just stuff i can cook myself Mm. i usually i mean it's usually brunch yeah fancy brunch brunch. then yes if you have an eclectic provide uh, when, go somewhere where say? you can also have alcohol selection. with your breakfast. If you have an eclectic selection with a mimosa or Bloody Mary special, I am there. But if you're just making me freaking scrambled eggs and bacon, no, I'm going to make that at my house, <laughs> which sucks for my marriage because Joe loves to go out for breakfast. And I'm like, take someone else because I can cook that shit at home and it's not even that good to me. Like, no. <laughs> avocado um, toast? Maybe. Oh, I don't like avocados. I find something Ugh. about them very off-putting, like that giant pit and then like the texture of the 
innards, like just this looks sounds really like gross. a therapy topic, Stephanie. <laughs> it might. <laughs> I be. think you need to discuss this in your next therapy <laughs> session. What is it with me and avocados? <laughs> Let's get to the root of this. Um. So yeah, Ivan's going on and on and on. Johnny's like half listening. Like, yeah, that sounds great. Clearly he already knows what he wants. Cause he's like, so I was thinking cinnamon buns for the lobby, you know, the smell. Yeah. And cinnamon. Ivan didn't even list those as an option. That's not even something he makes. What if he can't make that? <laughs> but I have to say just the word cinnamon bun ignites mm. such like, <laughs> he just moaned. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. I know. Experience. I can I smell know. it. I can see it. I can taste it. I am a slut for cinnamon buns. I I like I, them too. We live very close to IKEA. <laughs> they have one, oh yes, they the have one dollar cinnamon buns, which are amazing. And I can't tell you how many times we've gone and we get like six of them. I feel like I've already talked about this previously, but like I can't help myself. <laughs> They're so I'm good. around those Ikea cinnamon buns. They're just amazing. And when they're warm, like. Oh, my mm. gosh. They are so good. You want to know what's weird is like, you know, how coffee and donuts are like a thing. Like people have mm-hmm. coffee and donuts. I, I never could get into that. Like, I don't like the mixture of coffee with any kind of food except yeah. for cinnamon rolls or cinnamon what buns. What is it about them? I don't know. It's literally straight up dessert. It's orgasmic. <laughs> It's frosted cake. It's cake, but we call it a breakfast food. Like, I don't understand. Um, cinnamon and sugar and oh, dough. So oh, my. <laughs> we could do a whole podcast about cinnamon buns. Can you hear us um, salivating, guys? <laughs> uh, do yourself a favor and have a cinnamon bun this week. This is our avocados and cinnamon buns on oh, the therapy no, docket for no. this week. <laughs> Skip the avocado. Just do the cinnamon bun. You'll be a lot happier. Um so yeah, he makes this off the wall suggestion for Ivan and he's like, yeah, I can make anything for you. I can make, he goes on blueberry bun, butter tart, <laughs> blueberry butter tart with icing, blueberry butter tart with the cho- chips of chocolate, he says. Mm. And Johnny's like, well, let's just, you know, we'll start simple with cinnamon buns and we'll see where it goes. And Ivan agrees because he saw that Johnny made Twyla laugh and that he's her friend. And to him, he's even going to give Johnny a special price. He's, he's got an in. He wants to be able to talk to Twyla and Johnny realizes this and encourages her him to just talk to her. And he's like, I try, but it's like many, many muffins in my mouth. <laughs> I love <laughs> that line. I love that line <clears throat> so much. Um, I think that was a runner up for our, our line or a title for this episode. <laughs> many, many muffin in my mouth. Um, and he wants Johnny to talk to her for him. And he's like, I'll even give you the cinnamon buns for free. Like he just really wants a date with Twyla. <laughs> he really likes her. Tell her I'm a good man. I've never hurt no one is what he says, which aren't the two best things to lead John, in about Johnny's yourself. Like, I wouldn't leave with that. Yeah. But sounds suspicious. Um, but we, we jump to the next day and Ivan does bring Johnny a box of cinnamon rolls as promised on his way to deliver more muffins to Twyla. And he's like, I'm going to do, I'm going to go talk to her. And uh, he gives her the muffins and he just, he freezes. And then he just says goodbye. <laughs> and he walks back over to Johnny. Like, I blew I it. it. <laughs> Sits down in the booth and he's like, I watch all the romantic movies. I I, I studied this and and I, I still blew it. And Twilight comes over and Ivan just blurts out, I'm a good man. <laughs> and okay. And then he tries to lead in with a joke. Uh, and he says, what does dog say before breakfast? Katie, what does dog say before breakfast? Bun, bun, bun up, 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 b
Banapata. Or as we say here in the Midwest, Bon Appetit. appetit. Johnny had to translate that one. They finally get the joke. Um, And she takes her order and leaves. And Johnny looks at these really excellent looking cinnamon rolls. Can we just take a minute? Like, again, Mm. Ivan did a good job. Fluffy, 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 perfectly iced, extra frosting. And Johnny's even like, it's time for a little quality control, which to me, I'm like, okay, so you're going to take one of these. You're not going to serve these to your guests, right? Because you're literally like eating the food that you say you're going to serve later. Like, would you fair? I mean, maybe there's no guests that day, but he just wanted to make sure the process was in order. But in my mind, if you're serving these at a hotel, even a motel, and you just put a box out of cinnamon rolls and there's yeah. one missing, you need to take them all out and put them on their own plates or like something. Like a platter or something or yeah. one of those glass dome things exactly. where you lift up the lid. Not yes, make yes. it, not just throw a cardboard box full mm-hmm. of cinnamon rolls on the front desk. Agreed. That, agreed. Agreed. I don't think that's the look. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we he got his cinnamon rolls. They look delicious. We'll, we'll, kind of wrap up at the very end with Johnny but I think for now we are running very long loads we, of tangents we tonight, really are as always Should we take so a break let's, let's take a break and then we'll be back and talk about David and Moira are you as hungry as a dog before breakfast well bun up a tot because this week's sponsor is Ivan's muffins and baked goods baker and owner Ivan has carried on his family's dream of bringing eastern European baking traditions to Schitt's Creek and whether you're looking for a savory gabanza or a tasty toaster pepping tart All of Ivan's goods are fresh baked to order. You can find Ivan's delectables served daily at Cafe Tropical and in the lobby of the Schitt's Creek Motel. And Ivan is excited to announce for our listeners that he is now offering free delivery and a special price when you order over the phone and use the code TWYLA. Trust us when we say you'll love having many, many of Ivan's muffins in your mouth. So call Ivan today. Custom orders apply to baked goods only. Coffee never has and ever will be on the menu. Ivan does not make coffee just for himself. Make your own coffee. All right, and we are back. Thank you, Ivan's Welcome Muffins back. and Baked Goods. Ivan's Muffins and Baked Goods. Steph, did you know they have a rewards club similar to Ooh. Panera? I actually ditched the Panera Club because Ivan's Baked Pastries and whatever goods, all the baked goods, has a monthly pastry. Oh, and you can get one a week if wow. you're in the rewards club. So what yeah, have you gotten so, so Monday, far? So I got a muffin with the chips of chocolate on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> and then delicious. that was last Monday. And then just this past Monday, I got a pastry toaster puffaluffer. <laughs> popping tart. <laughs> a pastry toaster popping tart. Uh, homemade, though, which I've never had a homemade popping oh, tart. That probably have tasted you? better. Have you? I mean. Yeah. Well, thank you, Ivan. We appreciate join join his reward join his rewards yes. program if you can. I'm You'll glad to see his month. business growing. It's really taking off. Yeah, so. it's spreaded all the way to Grand Rapids. Yes, spread it. Spread it. Oh my God! I've only had like uh, one glass of wine. Spread. It's the heat. It okay. really is. We're going to keep chugging along tonight. We're going to move into David and Moira's stories, which have a little bit of interlocking happening, as we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um. First time we see David after a cold open is the general store is having a going out of business or a liquidation sale. And we mentioned at the very beginning of this episode, we haven't really seen this business in a long time since last season. 
And we get a good view of the facade, all these big signs. They're going out of business. And David and Stevie are checking it out. They're stocking all the aisles to see what the goods are, you know, what they can get for cheap. I see things like spaghetti in a can and like Yum. assorted Chef seasonings Boyardee. and wines and all cereal. The, the random, uh, what are they called? Non disposable foods. Uh, <laughs> what is it? What's the word? <laughs> For like a food pantry. Um, I know what you're talking about. Why can't we think of this word? Non-perishable. (laughs) Non-perishable. Disposable. We're smart people, I promise. (laughs) It's been a busy week, you guys. Um, Non-perishable foods. Non-perishable, but also (laughs) non-nutrient. AKA. There's also like a lot of random things too. Like there's scarves and sunglasses, almost like things you'd find at a gas station, which you know what I noticed makes sense for this kind of place. Oh yeah. Like just randoms. Yeah. But I noticed the big, what I would call like a big t-shirt wall in the background with a bunch of cubes, you know, like how you go to like a souvenir shop Mm -hmm. and there's all all the different different sizes. Yeah. Yeah, So I wonder if they have any like Schitt's Creek souvenir tees in there too. I bet you, I bet you. They probably have something. Um, and David is looking around wondering what's more tragic. This, the fact that the only store in town is closing, or as he points out, they've displayed the fungal cream beside the cereal. Well, that's convenient. Um, Yeah. Well, Stevie, yeah. It's like, well, sometimes I'm getting cereal and I also need fungal cream. (laughs) And it's like the consumer knew what they wanted and ran in the opposite direction is what David says. So he's definitely lending his creative directorial eye to this place now that he's He's already redone and driven one business into the ground he's you know (laughs) itching to to take on another project um the to be fair wendy had her problems i think before he just exacerbated the situation yes and this place clearly does too because they're going out of business and the owner even comes up as he's like roasting the place (laughs) Do you need anything? And of course, he like has to put on a nice face. It's so sad to hear about the store. <laughs> Thank you. And then as soon as they walk away, um, he's like, yeah, they just, if the, the right hands, the store could be really something. And mm-hmm. Steve is like, well, how about in your hands? And he's like, no, they need someone with faultless taste who understands what people needs, <laughs> which again, he's in his mind describing himself. Right. And she's like, well, do something about it. You know, you keep talking about how you would do things differently. So let's see. And she's really like pumping him up to this idea. Um, And he's like, I can't tell if you're serious because your eyebrows don't move, which is something I've noticed about Stevie before. Like she's so really she's so deadpan when she talks Mm -hmm. sometimes, not all the times, but there's times where her face looks almost a little frozen (laughs) when she speaks. It's just that dry sense of humor that she has. I like her next line. Where she's like, what you lack, what what is she? What you lack in skills, you make up for with unsubstantiated confidence. <laughs> <laughs> like very, yeah, he, it's um, true. He's he's confident about his yeah. idea, whether he has the capabilities to like execute it or not. And she reminds him, you've got some money left, so let's. Mm-hmm. You know, why don't you put it to good use? And maybe she is getting tired of him hanging around the motel so much. We've talked about that <laughs> several times now. She wants him to when I, do something. When we when I first watched the show like ages ago, I just feel like this was so out of nowhere, you know, like I Mm -hmm. you didn't really know what David had been doing and you didn't know like he was just like as Alexis and Moira said, Mm -hmm. loafing around the motel and you had no Mm -hmm. idea. And, And I felt like this 
push from Stevie was like, what are you talking about? Like, I Mm -hmm. just and I almost feel like it was designed that way, like to to make us like question, like, can he really do this? I think so. And and we'll get to that in a second as far as they're going to reflect on his past business ventures, too. And we get a little insight of as far as like what he's but we don't know like how much money he has left and in the grand scheme of things i don't know in a retail space forty thousand dollars to which at least six thousand of it was designated mm-hmm. to the family car i doesn't seem like that much money to me so i was just i just remember thinking initially like is this mm-hmm. even feasible Are you sure you can do that yeah because yeah sure it's quite expensive to set up a store um or whatever David has in mind for this place. Right. We don't know yet. I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so that night, um, back at the motel, David goes in to Moira's room and he's, you can h- see his, his excited look on his face. He's been thinking about it and is ready to tell Moira he's decided to put his name in the hat for the lease on the general store. And she thinks, <laughs> well, first he says, I've got a, a work opportunity or something. And she thinks it means he's going to take a job, a job or something. Yeah. And he's like, no, it's more of a plan I have for an idea of a thing that I will be working at. I think it's how he says it seems very vague, very vague, but she's like, I'm sure it's full of promise. And again, mentions how much he's been moping around. And he's like, well, I would call it decompressing, which is how I came up with this idea in the first place to start my own business. And he wants to submit this lease, lease application he has a, his body language in this scene. It reminds me a lot of how Alexis talks. Like he's very pleased with himself. He's even doing mm-hmm. little Alexis fidgety hands. You can um, tell he's excited from his facial expressions he too. He's excited. And he's excited to tell Moira also. Yes. Like he thinks she's going to be so excited for yes. him. And I have to say, Katie, as someone who had my own business, I remember that feeling, that nervous feeling to first tell people. I even felt that way when we started the podcast, to be honest with you, like about telling it, <laughs> telling other people, <laughs> this, this isn't even a money-making thing. Yeah, it's not, it's definitely not, <laughs> but like, um, not, guys. I think anytime you have an idea for either a creative project or a business or whatever, like to me, it sort of goes in that bucket of, I don't want to tell people about this until it's happening. Same with like getting a tattoo or if you were like naming a baby, because those are three things, in my opinion, that you don't really want a lot of other Mm -hmm. people to weigh in on necessarily. Um, And I just vulnerable. It's vulnerable. vulnerable. That's I totally felt that way when I started my business. And there were a lot of people who didn't know I was doing this until I was like rolling things out. And they're like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea you were going to set up this bridal business. I was like, yeah, because. I wanted to get it all done on the back end on my own before I started hearing mm-hmm. opinions from other people right. just getting in my I remember when we like started this, I, I mean, I feel kind of the same way, but also since this wasn't like a money-making thing, it was more for fun. I remember telling people like before you, but then I'd be like, okay, I told Crystal. Okay. I told Anne. Okay. I told someone. And I like, didn't want you to be mad that I was like net. telling people because I knew you specifically were not telling people. Well, for me, it's just, sometimes it's hard to like a big project, whether it's a podcast or opening yeah. a business. That's not something you can explain in one line, or at least I can't explain. It right. There's going to so be a lot of questions too. If someone's like, like, oh, what are you up to? I'm like, oh, I'm starting a podcast. They're going to like, oh, tell me more. I'm like, uh, well, have you heard of this show called Shit's Creek? <laughs> <laughs> we really like it. We're just nerdy fans and we just want to talk yeah. about it. I was like, I just want to have things together. Like, 
we made our little trailer. We we did the work up front right. and then I was right. ready and excited to tell people. And now we have this audience, which is awesome. Um, and I was the same with my business too. And a lot of right. things that I do in my life. So did you have, fa- sorry, oh, go ahead. Did you have blouse barn money to start up or how, what was your, no, how, that, what, so that's what I was going to say when you were like, how did, how is he going to get this started with his leftover blouse barn money? Mm-hmm. I didn't have blouse barn money. I, um, I was working full time, but I was transitioning out of that. Cause I was going to start teaching. You were there when that all was mm-hmm. happening. Um, cause that was when we worked together and I had been saving money. Um, and I definitely had less than $10,000. I maybe had yep. like $6,000 and I found a place I lucked out. It was way cheaper than it should have been. I had this like 50. It was my <laughs> it funeral was a home. Grab, it was, was a great space. It was my that funeral was a great home space. loft. Um, the place that used to be a funeral home, at least. It was like this 1500 square foot open floor plan loft. Had like great natural light. I was able to make it my own. I think I was paying $800 a month when I first got oh, that place, which yeah. was insane. A steal. Insanely cheap. For the cheap. location. Yes. Insanely cheap. Um, and yeah, I, I lucked out with the place I found and, um, I just started small and I kind of took it one step at a time mm-hmm. and had to be kind of resourceful and crafty, which is my nature anyways, as far as like putting things together. But I definitely remember that anxiety of like, well, I don't know how much I need to start a business and right. do I need to get a loan? And I remember doing research into like filing an application for a business loan. And I realized like, I'm that really made me nervous. And I was like, I think I'm just going to yeah. start small because it's a I big ma- deal. Cause I was still making money from other avenues throughout the whole time. Cause I always had multiple jobs. And so right. like, I kind of relied on that to get me started, but yeah, it's like, it's a we were lucky. So yours is a bit different because you had to have a space like you had, to, had be to be able to bring space. customers yes. in like mm-hmm. and have a place to do that. Like we were lucky in that sense that we didn't have to have that. We can work out of but our home needed equipment and yeah, editing software. We didn't have money and... for that. Shit. <laughs> Let me tell you, we did not have money for that shit. Yeah, we luckily Joe's parents like loaned us money to buy because up until then we had been doing wedding videos for friends and we have just been using like a handheld camera and getting by with what we had. But if we mm-hmm. were going to do it as a business, like you had to have equipment, like good equipment. And yeah. so luckily Joe's mom and dad, like, you know, loaned us money to buy like good equipment and it all worked out in the end, but I could not imagine having to have a space mm-hmm. and be responsible for a lease and paying yeah. bills on top of that. Like I will say no blouse bar money here. <laughs> the one big investment I had to make was, um, I bought an industrial sewing machine. I was wondering about that. If you had, I used my savings bonds that I had been collecting from my grandma oh, my whole wow. life. Wow. Old I didn't, school. I didn't use all of them and I didn't cash them. They were like the 30-year bonds. So like uh-huh. they they, they mature hadn't fully at, matured. Well they mature at 15 and then they like double at 30 oh, okay. or something like that. Um I don't remember exactly I feel but like savings bonds. People don't even know what those are anymore. <laughs> it's what you get for your birthday from we're your old. grandparents in the mail. It's like, here's money you can use in 30 years. In the 90s. Here's $50 in 30 years. But I had I had like 18 years worth of them. And so I didn't cash all of them, but I cashed the ones that had at least gotten to face value or more. Um, and yeah, I used that to like wow. help me get some of my equipment. But 
How much was a, an industrial sewing machine? Can I ask? Yeah. What's that like, go for in the it market? It's like $1,100. Okay. All right. And I made the rookie mistake of not paying an extra $250 for them to send it <laughs> assembled. So oh, I had no, I feel like I remember you <laughs> yeah. commiserating about that actually. And also <laughs> it was a Japanese brand. So the, the manual, the translation is not so good. Yeah. Huh. Um, so that was a that was a rookie mistake uh in my early business career. But nevertheless, David is excited and is sort of telling Moira so that he can get validation or support looking for yeah approval or something yeah but unfortunately when he says this Moira like laughs at him and his eyes kind of darken a bit at that and and uh says well I'm going to be investing some of my blouse farm money and then she starts going on this tangent about how the general store is cursed and it's, it's risky for him to to try to raise it from the ashes and it will be risky for your investors too, to which he says, well, I don't have any, it's just me. And that really shocks her. And well, I don't understand why that would shock her. Like, well, look at the circles they come from. They I'm sure we yeah. get checks from donors for tons of yeah. different charities or whatever. So the idea of doing something completely on your own, like he's proud that he's going to try this, but she's really surprised scared. and nervous and scared. She's scared. Yeah. Yeah. And then the conversation just like completely goes downhill from there. David goes on the defensive um, and Moira's trying to like save the conversation. It's like, well, far be it from me to stand in the way of you squandering or rolling the dice with your hard savings. savings. And he says, thank you. And he leaves. That's Um, all he wanted was an okay, do what you want. And again, I'm like, that would be me where I'm like, I'm not really looking for honest input, so I'm not going to open myself this up. This is happening them. whether you approve it or yeah, not. I'm not asking. I, I'm just telling you. Um, positive vibes would be, thank, I'd be grateful for those. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we need to back up a second and explain kind of why I'm going to jump over to Moira's. I think there's a l- too much overlap. Right. We kind of missed two, a scene with the. Which is in the town hall. Um Roland and Bob are explaining how there's this new business that might be coming into town and implies that they play Christmas carols and it snows all day. And Bob is like, Gwen is going to lose her mind. And Ronnie and um, Moira walk in and ask what's going on. And Roland is excited to tell them that this place called Christmas world is going to move in and take over the general store. And Bob is so excited. He, he spoils the news before Roland can even say it. And Moira is like, what the hell is Christmas world? And <laughs> she's like, is this really the kind of place we want in our town? Which Katie, can you think of like Christmas specific shops near you? Bronner's. Or- Bronner's. Have yes. you been to Bronner's in Frankenmuth? Explain what Bronner's is for our Bronner's listeners. Bronner's is a famous, world famous Christmas store in Frankenmuth, Michigan, which is a very uh, German town, very much German heritage in that town. And Bronner's is a 365 day a year Christmas store. Actually, they're open like 362 days. I think they're closed mm-hmm. on Christmas, Easter, and something else. Mm-hmm. But that used to be a big thing growing up when I was a kid. But it is huge and it is a one and done location. I feel like Christmas World is a chain Mm. and has multiple locations. There's also, I don't think they're in Michigan, but they're here in Ohio. And they, when I lived in New York State, they're called Christmas Tree Shops. And they have Christmas stuff. But then it's also like just cheap home goods stuff too. Mm -hmm. I have heard of Christmas Tree Shop. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, those were the only two. I could I thought of Bronner's and then I thought of this yeah. Christmas tree shop chain. Bronner's is more like a tourist attraction. Oh yeah. It's where you get Whereas to I, get like your yeah. crazy one of a kind ornaments and you go once a year. Mm-hmm. My grandma actually side story. I know we have a lot of these tonight. Sorry. I'll be quick. She used to have a tree. Like we would get these glass bulbs and, and get all the grandkids names on the tree. So it'd be like mm-hmm. the fun thing to find your ornament every year when she put up her tree. And then when, when she died, everybody got their own ornament. Um, but she would also get us one for wedding gift. So okay. like I have one that matches my name ornament mm-hmm. and it just says Katie and Joe and our yeah. wedding day. And it's always, it's fun to put it up. Yeah. But she would all, it was like handwritten. They would like go get it painted on. Right. They do them all custom. My mom yep. goes there quite frequently. Um, And actually, I think she was just in Frankenmuth last week. I haven't been there in years uh, to Bronner's. I've been to Frankenmuth. She'll get but. like custom ornaments. Like I know she got one for Fern, my cat. And I think Aww, she got one Bernie. for Susha and I. So she loves going there for custom things. Yeah. Um, it used to be like an annual like trip for us. It used to be mm-hmm. like a yearly thing. Yeah. Ronnie mentions, though, this Christmas world place. She's not super impressed. She's like, I've never found an ornament I liked. And I'm pretty sure all the kids <laughs> there or all the elves are actually just underpaid, underage children kids. working. <laughs> and Roland's like, well, if we pass on this offer, because I guess council has to approve who's taking over this lease, which is an interesting I don't know if that's actually how it works, but maybe yeah. they own the building. Maybe that's it. Maybe town it, the city it really, owns the building. City halls, town halls involvement in a lot of things kind of surprised a little me foggy, like, throughout this yeah. show. Yeah. But maybe they're the ones who hold the title or something. I don't know. So uh Roland's like, we don't vote against Christmas. That's how you end up on the naughty list. And <laughs> it, even if we say no, they'll just go elsewhere. They'll probably end up in Elmdale and take all the tourist money with them. Mm-hmm. And Ronnie's like, well, I'm not voting for it. And at the time, Moira agrees she's not going to yeah, vote either. She thought it was tacky. Like. Yes. But then after this conversation with David, they go back to town hall and Christmas World has given them a gift as like a bribe or maybe a good faith yeah. offering. It's this tacky, tinselly silver Christmas tree with blue ornaments in the middle of the room. For all we know, it's the middle of summer. We don't really know. Or no, it's got to be during the school year sometime because Alexis is in school. Oh, yeah. but, oh, like September. Yeah. But um, they gave them this as a gift. And Ronnie makes a great comment. She's like, the only people who buy silver trees are serial killers and men over 40. And my cousin, who is a single man over 40, which who might be a serial killer. <laughs> and maybe he's a serial killer for all we know. I really don't like the fake. I don't like fake trees, especially like the colorful fake trees. Um, which Katie, I know you do a fake Christmas tree every year, right? We have two actually now. We have oh. one upstairs and one downstairs. Okay. <clears throat> uh, are you satisfied the f- with your fake trees? Do they feel realistic enough for you? Or you I, like I actually it? like don't care that much. <laughs> like I, the one downstairs, especially purposely wanted it to be fake. Cause I like it's for the corner by our slider. And you know, that's like a super skinny space. And I was looking for something very specific, just mm. like a decorative tall, skinny tree. Fine. It, it gets very few decorations. It's just ambient light, whatever. The one upstairs is like our main tree. And I just would never, I'm not the type of person to go hunt for a tree, mm-hmm. saw it down. Like we did when I was a kid, that was a thing. But then once we graduated mm-hmm. to an artificial tree, it was like, wow, look at the convenience of this. Yeah. And even now they're like pre-lit plop it up, mm. fold the branches out and <laughs> plop it up. Boom. Yeah. Boom. They're all lit up. 
I got a real tree in my apartment last year. I think I'll probably get a real tree again this year. I like the nostalgia of that, but it's I will say cute. It's we a had cute to drive tradition. around so many places to find a place that didn't have trees that were over $100 mm-hmm. for a real tree and also one that would fit in my tiny apartment at the right. time. And then we had to and fit it, it in my needles car. all over it, but it was like, I really enjoyed having that. Real it tree is a cute tradition. Yeah. Also, it is a lot of work though. Too. I know I'm a real sucker for a Christmas vacation when they go mm. do their real tree. Like that's a good, cut the, what a great, yeah. The big evergreen tree out in the forest. Uh, yeah. But I just, um, I actually I, made Sushant cut down our tree. That I remember. <laughs> so we went to this Christmas tree farm and they had some pre-cut and then they had some on the field. And so we go walk out in the field because in my mind, I'm like, I want, I also want to give Sushant this full experience. Of experience. It's the first time he gets to cut down a Christmas tree. So we go out, we find a tree we like, and there are some that are like next to these poles and ours happened to be like strapped to a pole, but I thought it was still rooted in the ground. So I'm, I had Sushant <laughs> get down on his hands and knees with the saw and he's cutting at it. And as every like stroke of the saw or pass of the saw, the tree is just like shaking from side to side. And I even said out loud because I took a video. I'm like, wow, those are some real loose roots. <laughs> like, <laughs> it wasn't even attached. And then someone who works there comes by and is like, you know, these trees are already pre-cut and they just prop them up on poles. So they look like they're out there. I was so damn embarrassed. Like I couldn't believe. But was he like, was the one sawing. <laughs> he says he knew that. He thought I just was trying to get it. Oh, he wanted the picture. he wanted the pic. So he was doing it for. It. I was like, oh my god, Sushan, why you made me stand here like an why idiot? Why did you say something? <laughs> While you pretended to saw a tree that was already cut. <laughs> Too funny. Oh well, you so, got yeah. the grand pick, right? You got the grand pick, yeah, and everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, I agree with Ronnie. This fake tree looks like garbage. Um, would not put it in my house. And Moira comes in. What a startling little tenenbaum, she says. Um, and I really like her dress she's wearing. It's like very painterly, sort of like mm-hmm. brushstroke. I like looking. this one too. And all of a sudden, she's made an about face about how this Christmas, this seasonally specific store, as she calls it, could be a good economic and cultural addition to the town. And Roland's like, well, what did they send you to get you to change your mind? She's <laughs> he like, thought nothing, he had a but... She's like, when you consider the alternatives, meaning David, because she now knows about his plans, she just starts thinking out loud and venting about the dangers of a young, naive, overly coddled and emotionally pressured, failing business. business person yeah. failing, basically implying she wants to use. Christmas world as a safety net to spare David the risk of starting. Like, oh, business. sorry. You can't have a Christmas world. It's took it. it's too to late. And Bob is like, well, if I don't get Christmas world passed, Gwen told me not to come home. And then he like starts crying, which is another like, shady look into his another dark look into their relationship. Yeah. And so Roland just calls for a vote right there. And Moira sides with Bob and Roland. So they get a majority vote and, um, and that's it. So they're going to move forward. Deal's with done. Christmas world. So then back at the motel, I don't know if we know exactly how, but uh, David, David found out. Wind. He caught wind. And Moira's in there brushing one of her wigs. And he's wearing this sweater with like a raging dog or <laughs> well, a werewolf face I loved on, this which sweater is so choice. Because he's about to he's just rip so into angry. her. He's so angry. So good. Um, He caught wind that the Christmas World store is taking over the general store. And by her vote. By her vote. 
And this reminds me, it's a very much role reversal of the blouse barn betrayal from last season where he helped Jocelyn. Like they're even in the same room. But this I was like, why didn't he use that line? Yeah. Would you do me a favor and fetch me a knife? (laughs) Fetch David a knife, yeah. Um, and plunge it into my heart. So it's very much the shoes on the other foot now. He feels so betrayed. Mm -hmm. And she she genuinely wants to like explain herself and she says she was doing it to protect him and one day he'll understand although you don't really like children so maybe you won't understand <laughs> you won't um, you won't understand this parental like i was protecting you from yourself which is a really hard thing to say to your kid but also to hear from your parent she's like we we kept you too coddled and he's like well what about all my galleries my successful galleries that i sold right. out in new york and she basically has to admit this dark secret that her and Johnny have been keeping that they funded his businesses by paying for patrons to support yep. his work and buy out his shows. And what a brutal confession. Good feels, intentions, but bad outcome. He feels man. so deceived and so hurt. Yep. Like his entire career is a lie, is a sham. And she feels bad to have to tell him this. Yeah. Because now he'll never know if he would have done it on his own, is how he feels. But that, in a way, I think will give him all the more reason to want to to finally now prove to himself to prove something. So in a a total feeling of betrayal, he storms out, slams the door, doesn't catch. And he just like (laughs) peeks in and gives her this one last (laughs) nasty look and then slams the door again. And Moira feels genuinely bad. But David, we see David, he's consoling with Stevie in the motel office, saying how violated he feels. And she's like, you feel violated because you're parents parents money, threw money at you, at you. <laughs> he's like yes it's like a form of child abuse <laughs> he says which okay well that's a bit a much. little much yeah and she's trying to like be devil's advocate a little bit she's like well it sounds like they had good intentions and then makes a joke which is a good like time to just lighten the mood and it's like they do give me a weekly stipend to hang out with you <laughs> <laughs> like she's just quick on her feet yeah and um then moira barges in suddenly and maybe she made a phone call or something, but she says, uh, no. she's like, I have good news. And David's like, is Christmas world looking for a deeply bitter and mildly Hebraic elf, it. AKA Jewish. And I had the closed captions on for that. And I was like, that is clever. Like that's yes, clever. Line. Very clever writing. Um, and she says that council has agreed to accept his application. And, we're like, did she change everyone's minds? Well, kind of, but no, because uh, Christmas World just pulled out their offer for whatever out. reason. Maybe they thought the building was haunted, in fact. So Stevie is like his cheerleader, like, cheerleader at yeah. this. She's like, yes, this is good news. And he's like, well, it would be if you hadn't destroyed my confidence. He's and still so bitter. He's still so bitter. And she's like, the lease is still yours if you want it. And if there's anyone in this town with an eye to create something unique and truly beautiful it's it's you and me but in this case it's you is what she says <laughs> and he smiles because he knows she's right and he yeah. like he agrees to submit the application so like Big that was <laughs> that was a rough moment in their mother-son relationship because mm-hmm. they're always so close so to like deal with that betrayal was like a big a big blow for David to to process but they got through in a good way um so then we end the full episode we're going to bring it full circle Back to the motel room. The end of our few day arc here. Alexis and David are eating cinnamon buns, <laughs> yelling over to Johnny. There's cinnamon buns in the lobby. And Johnny comes in and I was like, those are for those the are guests. for you. <laughs> and uh, 
Alexis is like, well, they were just sitting there, which in my mind, I'm like, it's at night. We see outside. It's nighttime. So you just left them out for the night. It's driving? fair game. It's fair game if they're out there at night at the end of the day. But they're right? not going to be fresh in the morning. Right. And because he even said, well, that's those aren't for you. It's product of my hard day's work. And then Moira bursts she's got the whole box. Yes, what? <laughs> and he's like, no, no, no. These are for the continental breakfast for the guests. And David's like, well, what exactly goes into a continental breakfast? And then it's this whole thing about explaining co- what continental means and what it consists of. And Moira's like, that doesn't even sound remotely correct. <laughs> he's like, it's European. Just don't worry about it. And apparently there's only one left. So if this was a box of six, which I'm assuming it is, Johnny had one in the cafe to test it out. Uh, Alexis and David had one. Moira had one. Stevie had one. So that's five. And then Johnny gets the last one, left. one. So that's six. And he's like, what well, would be wrong to serve the guest Dale muffins? Which is what I mean. I think he was going right. to serve them. I'm like, Johnny, that's not going to get you that one star. Right. It's um, going to get you zero stars. So Muffins were stale. Zero stars. And again, he mentions this is going to give them that star for their extra star for their rating. And uh, Alexis this time asks, well, how many stars did you already have? And Johnny says, not the point. And then he takes a bite of that delicious looking cinnamon bun. One thing she said that I thought was very um, just indicative that this is a family project. She said, how many did we have before? Oh, as yeah. if they're all kind of like taking pride in the fact mm-hmm. that he's part of this motel now. Yeah, I just I just felt that was like very like how many did we have before? Do we have like just yeah. taking an active like interest now in and this also business just enterprise. like I think they're all owning that this is where they live now. Yeah, you know? yep. There's a so, there's not that not the point though. Yeah, no stars, one star, two stars, whatever it was, yeah. not the point. They're they're on their way up. One cinnamon Moving bun at a time. Yeah. So that brings us to the end of our episode, Fun. Katie, a long episode. episode, but it is a good one. Um, just a couple things to circle back on. You know, I love that we do see some good character development sort of across the board. You know, Alexis back in school. That's a big move. Johnny continuing to get some good momentum, finally making things happen now for the motel, even what, if it's just one step at a time, small moves. Mm-hmm. That big, hard confession that Moira had to make to David about supporting him secretly in the past and now, like, finally having to support him truly as he takes on this undertaking by himself. And then that decision for David, too, to, like, start something new on his own. And, you know, like I said, I personally connect to that experience with David a little bit about starting a new business, especially in a small town after a period of not very exciting things Mm -hmm. happening. And for these reasons, Katie, and more, I am dubbing this episode oh. my Simply the Best of Season Three. Yeah. I love it. So that's why this episode has been running so long. It's just what a so good choice. What a it. good choice, Stephanie. Yeah, I think it's just, again, I'm always such a sucker for those David moments where this is why I'm so drawn to the show as many people are like I connect with him in such weird ways and some of them are like such specific experiences like starting Mm -hmm. a business in a small town and like having to take this leap of faith by yourself to try to create something new and I remember how scary that is and also like I said opening that decision up with other people and and possibly getting criticized um so yeah I I so good experience but I also love Johnny's and just the and a, the wafting of cinnamon r- buns throughout <laughs> is like 
and so the culinary satisfying. experience this episode has provided for us. Five stars for the culinary experience. <laughs> so good. Good choice, Stephanie. Yeah. I loved this episode too when I was watching it back. I had a yeah. lot of laughs and a lot of like warm and fuzzy moments. Yeah. So I, I enjoy it. So yeah. Good choice. There we have it, folks. That is my simply the best. I don't we're have already, trivia or we're already over halfway through the season. So I know this was episode only seven. a few more for mine too. So yeah. we'll see where it's we're gonna coming. We're going to pick up momentum really fast. Yeah, you still have to make your decision. But, yep. um For now, this is my simply the best. Good. I think and, it's a good pick. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. I'm ex- excited to hear what our audience thinks. Do you think I made a good choice? Oh. Do you like this episode? Um, so what you're saying is no Moira impressions for me tonight. I'm going to spare you the Moira impressions <laughs> tonight. Yes. Thank God. No putting me on the spot. <laughs> Unless you want to say Tannenbaum in her uh, Moira accent. Tannenbaum. Tannenbaum. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that is my spiel. Well, it's uh, very good. I, you've made a very convincing case for sure. Thank you. Um, and kind of a surprise. I'm doing back to back weeks this week and next week. So, oh, right. So uh, <laughs> I was just, I was just going to look and see shit. What do I have to talk about yeah. next week? But well, Steph, what do we have in the docket next week? Yeah. <laughs> next week. Um, Alexis gets into a little bit of school trouble when Johnny kind of butts into one of her projects, making things difficult for her. Mm. Moira, we realize doesn't have the best customer service at the motel. And <laughs> surprise, and, surprise. And David is going to make some big next steps to start to define, okay, what is this business he's going to create in this new space? And he's got yeah. to kind of figure that out. So um, things are going to happen. We're also going to meet a really exciting character next week that we've been like hinting towards for a long time. Hint, hint. It's Patrick. We're both very. Um, it's Noah Reed, guys, who we've been it's spreading Noah news Reed. about since the beginning yes. of the season. And in my mind, we will get to it next week. There's like two eras of this show. Like, you know how there's like BCE and uh, AC, AD or whatever. Yeah. Yes. To me, there's. You think this is it? Before Patrick and after Patrick. Yeah, so I'm so? really excited for next week. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. I am. But with that being said, what a long night, but a good one. Thank you for sticking it out with us. Hope you enjoyed this episode. What should we ask the audience this week? Do we have any good um, polls? I would love to hear about Christmas stores or any trips to Bronner's because, like I said, it's yeah. a tourist attraction. So I bet you people from or all even over like have Christmas been there. traditions. Like I know one thing I love to do for many years is go to Chicago for the German Christmas market. Right, right. And we even saw one in Pittsburgh last or last uh, Thanksgiving. So I know they have those in a lot of towns. So like, what are some good like Christmas shopping traditions that you have or places you like to go? Um, have you ever started a business and did you have blouse barn money yeah. for your startup? Did you ever? And it could be like a small, like at home business too. Side gig, you know? whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and where do you like to get cinnamon rolls? Can you give us a <laughs> besides good, Ikea? <laughs> yeah. Besides Ikea. Um, where do you, what's your go-to place for cinnamon rolls? What's your go-to local Ivan's baked goods? Do you like Pop-Tarts? I don't know. What else? Yeah. Do you like Pop-Tarts? You like That's Pop-Tarts? a good question because I like them and stuff does not. I do not like Do Pop-Tarts. you like Pop-Tarts? It's getting added to my notes. <laughs> <laughs> These are important things, you guys. These are important things that we will ask important you throughout the week. research content, yes. Yes, very important. But yeah, um, we're day late this week and I day early next week so we might not get to too many polls in between episodes oh, as so far we'll as we're to, recording yeah, yeah we'll try to keep up with all of your results 
And like we said, stuff is leading again next week. So mm-hmm. until then, best wishes and warmest regards. That's about you, love.